What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, this is Donnie Nelson, and you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I like this, TK. I like that. Yes, yeah, the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Back to Doncic. Doncic pulls up, three-pointer. Welcome guys to another edition of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and Dallas basketball on SI colleague, Matt Glatson. Matt, there's not <laughs> – if there was uh, if there was anything that could take the, the shine off of, you know, one of, the, one of the best, if not the best, finish in Mavs playoff history in game four of this series with the Clippers, it would be <laughs> losing – by 43 points in game five. And I, was that the final score? That was the final. I, I stopped watching. It, yeah. Yeah. They, they lost by four. It was 154 to 111. Ooh. <laughs> this is the most, most point. It was the third most points scored by a team in NBA playoff history. It was a Clippers franchise record. They shot 63% from the field. They shot 63% from three, 22 of 35 from three. Just – they just couldn't miss. I mean, as as much as we want to talk about Kristaps Porzingis not playing and, you know, Luca, he had that monstrous performance on a bad ankle and you could kind of tell he was feeling it not, you know – less than 48 hours after that in uh, in game five. He was kind of feeling that. He only finished with uh, 22, eight, and four or five assists. I, I don't have it pulled up in front of me right now. But, uh, you know, it was an off game for him. It's just – it was too much for him to try and will the Mavs to two straight wins without KP. And, man, they just – they just got blown off the court. And, you know – there were some questionable calls here and there, but I mean, this this was more about overall and the final score. It was more about the the Clippers not being able to miss a shot because and Paul George, you know, he snapped out. He scored thirty five points in in under I think it was like twenty five minutes he played. So he, <laughs> as much as uh, people have been given. Uh, PG some some crap for you know his performance so far he broke out of it but Matt you know the the biggest takeaway from this game and what everybody's so fired up over is you know that there was a point where the Clippers they were already up 
20 plus uh, late late in the game. Uh, Marcus Morris runs up on Luca behind Luca, and when you watch the video, he's he's going in a straight line, and then at the very end, he takes his left foot and reaches out and steps on Luca's bad ankle. And I mean, there's the, I know he he comes out and he's trying to defend himself and saying that it wasn't on purpose and everything, but man, you can't look at the video evidence and have the track record that Marcus Morris has as far as, you know, being a dirty player goes, you, you can't look at that and say, okay, that, that's, that's just, you know, playing the game of basketball. That's unintentional. There was definitely intent, and I'm personally going to be extremely upset if the NBA doesn't do something about it. What, what were your thoughts when you saw that? It was dirty. Uh, there's no question about it to me. It's – it's it's he he kind of reminds me of Grayson Allen at Duke. Remember how Grayson Allen kept <laughs> yeah. getting in trouble for like hitting people in the nuts? Yes. Um, he you know he's he doesn't have that kind of track record, but he's got a bad one, and he's you know he's recognized as one of the dirtier players in the NBA. So it looked incredibly intentional. It's it's hard for him to make that movement without it being intentional. What what else is he reaching out like that for? Right. You know what I mean? There's there's no other purpose to that movement other than hey, I'm either gonna step on this guy's ankle or I'm gonna trip him and he's gonna face plant. Yeah. And so then, and I mean just Luca that you know, they, they asked Luca about it after the game and I mean, every time Luca talks, it's hard to believe this this guy is, is just twenty one years old. He's so ahead of his time as far as, you know, being mature and he, he has all of his emotions in in uh, intact during his interviews and stuff. Uh, he, he lets it get the best of him sometimes on the court, you know, when the Clippers are trying to get under his skin. But they asked him what he thought about that. And he said, he said, and I quote, I've seen it. Yeah, of course. I have my own thoughts. I hope it wasn't intentional. Tell me, what do you think? I just hope it wasn't intentional but every person is going to have their own thoughts. And then he was asked if Morris, you know, offered an apology or an explanation or something, and Luca said, I don't want to talk to him. He's just saying a lot of bad stuff to me all game. I don't want to talk to him. I just want to move on. Like I said, everyone is going to have their own opinion, and I just hope it wasn't intentional. If that was intentional, that's really bad. So, you know, he – Luca, he he said, I think he put that about as well as he could without straight up calling out Morris. But he definitely, I think Luca definitely thinks it was intentional. So, I'm I'm just waiting for the the start of the next game when oh man, Marcus Morris comes up to Luca and hugs him and apologizes, and then everybody forgives Marcus Morris. Yeah, it's like I, I don't. I mean, look, I I don't expect. I, I don't expect Luca to be as as welcoming of Morris if he tries to do that before Game Six as he was when Montrez Harrell <laughs> tried to do it uh, before Game Four. So, but that, that's just but like my not, thoughts. Not only is that um, dangerous just in itself, even if his ankle wasn't injured, but the fact that his ankle is already messed up. Yes, I mean that's career th- he, he that's a career threatening thing to do 
Yeah, and it's completely, completely certain way. Then he could break his ankle legitimately. Completely senseless, completely uncalled for, dangerous. I mean, they they were already up twenty, more than twenty, I believe, at the time. Just just completely unnecessary. And you know, it's one thing, like I said, it's one thing for Montrez Harrell to you know say something in the heat of the moment, you know, trash talking and, uh, you know, to, to apologize for something like that. And Luca accepted it and everything. It's another thing when it looks like you're intentionally trying to injure somebody further, because like I said, y'all go watch the video. I just, I can't, some people are trying to say, Oh, well, you, you know, don't slow down the video just to try and make it look more intense. It doesn't matter if you slow it down or leave it full speed or whatever. It looks intentional. There's just no, when you're running in a straight line, you don't just take your left leg and veer off to the left even further and have it just, you know, miraculously fall on Luca's bad ankle. <laughs> it was, it was 100% intentional in my opinion. And I, I'm not given the way that this series has been officiated so far. And given the Mavs history, as far as like, you know, players getting suspended in the playoffs and and all that stuff, I don't expect the NBA to do anything about it, even though they 100% should do something about it. I I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to be so upset when it comes out that they, they, they're just not going to do anything. I'm, now, if, if, they, if they suspend Morris, then, you know, I'll be happy. I'm still not happy that it happened, but at least there will be some justice for it. I just don't it, – it'll, it'll be a travesty if he's playing in game six because that's saying – that's telling players going forward, this is okay. You can do this and, you know, potentially uh, injure a guy and take him out of the game with a cheap shot like that, and it's okay. We're not going to suspend you or anything. So that's what's going to happen if they don't suspend him. And I just, I don't see how they can't, but like I said, given how things have gone so far overall officiating in this series, I just, I don't know, man, I don't know what to, I'm expecting the worst. I'll put it that way. There's no reason to expect anything different at this point. Um, And And look, I don't want people to think that I'm just, you know, going off and saying this is all the ref's fault and everything. It's not, but, you know, it's a fact that some questionable calls early on in this series, you know, potentially affected the the outcome of the series because – The Mavs should be one game away from winning the series. Right. You know, at the very least, you know, the Mavs would probably be up 3-2 if, uh, you know – things hadn't happened the way they did in, you know, right off the bat <laughs> in game one. But uh, kudos to the Mavs for making this series so much more competitive than what people thought coming into it. Uh, you know, a lot of people predicted a sweep. A lot of people, you know, predicted, you know, okay, well, maybe they'll just get one. But for Luca to be averaging 30 points, uh, 10 rebounds, and nine assists through five games in his first ever playoff series, and KP has only played in 2.5 of those games, 
I mean, he has he has almost single handedly. He's he's had some help, a little bit of help from uh, Trey Burke and Tim Hardaway Jr. along the way too. But I mean, for him to put up these kind of numbers against Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and this just loaded Clippers team, and to have them going into a game six could potentially push them to seven. I don't think we could have asked for anything more from Luca in his first first playoff series. And I, I, I tweeted about it earlier. I just think this is going to be such a valuable experience for these guys going forward, especially Luca uh, going into this offseason because he's already a super motivated player. He he wants to win. Losing just kills him. So to have something like this to, you know, okay, even if we don't win this series, we were we were right there. We could have done it. He's going to go back into the lab this offseason, and he's going to be even more motivated than he already is. And I said it on the last couple of podcasts, I'm, I'm so excited for next season, Matt. I think it's going to be, you know, they were the seventh seed this year, and they were like a game and a half away from being a top four team in the West. I think they're going to make that breakthrough next season. And I'm, I'm ready to get to the offseason and the draft and free agency and everything to see what kind of pieces they can add to this team going into next year. Yeah, maybe then they'll start getting the calls in the postseason. Maybe so, man. I I don't know. I it seems like I have a one of my good friends from from high school, uh, Cade Martin. He he moved to uh, the Dallas area. I believe it was the Dallas area. He definitely lives in Texas now. But <clears throat> ever since he has, he's been you know kind of keeping up with my. Mavs content on Twitter and everything and even he he has no he has no dog in the hunt here he was just uh he sent me a a tweet last night and he was just like man are the Mavs like the most hated team by the refs in the playoffs like in history (laughs) and he's not this guy is not a Mavs fan this is just completely you know from a guy who's watching from a distance and I'm thinking like if other people are thinking that, then, you know, there might a, be something to it. <laughs> I have a conspiracy theory. What's that? I mean, I'm not, like, wearing a tinfoil hat here or anything like that. but Of course not. Of course not. Is there an owner in professional sports who has more of a history of bashing referees than Mark Cuban? Well, see, that that's what a lot of people – seem to think it might be, you know, that, that the refs still hold, you know, this this cloud over the Mavs' heads because of what Mark Cuban did in his earlier years. But to be fair, I mean, he's been so much better about that than he was, you know, five, six, you know, a decade ago, you know, so multiple years ago. So I don't understand – I'm not going to lean on that right now just because he's been so much better, but you have to think that it does have a little bit to do with it. But our our track record from the Mavericks in the playoffs with referees, not even just in the playoffs, like during the regular season. Yeah. It's kind of alarming. It really is. Really, really bad calls for a long time that have changed the course of games. Yeah. When you look when you look back at it, when you look back at this season as a whole, it, it really got off to a 
<laughs> to a, a bad start with the, the referees because it was that first game. I think it was like in the first five or six games. But the Mavs, they played the Lakers. It was in Dallas. Super, super competitive game. Fun game. Mavs are up three at the end. It looks like they're going to win it. And Danny Green gets a wide open three in the corner after Dwight Howard just, you know, it, it's so obvious when you look at the replay, he's just stretching Seth's jersey out, holding him from going to uh, contest Danny Green, and nothing gets called. You know, it should have been an offensive foul going the other way. Mavs have the ball up three with, like, less than a second left, and they would have, you know, won that game. So, it, it got off on the wrong foot, I guess. <laughs> I guess from that point, we should have known that, you know, they're not going to be uh, – the officials aren't going to be giving the Mavs any favors. But, like I said, we can't we can't put all of that on the officials because the Mavs, they had multiple games where they had double-digit leads and, you know, they just couldn't make shots down the stretch and that cost them a lot of games too. But it just – it hurts more when you have some of those uh, official mishaps in the postseason especially when you're, you know, a seven seed going up against a team like the Clippers and you actually have a shot to knock them off. And, uh, you know, some of these calls have, have seemed to affect the way some of these games have gone. So it's disappointing, but uh, like I said, I think it's a valuable experience for Luka. Wish KP could have played these last two games, uh, especially last night after what Luka did in game four. I mean, he really needed his – his uh, 30 point per game, at least in the bubble, that's what KP's been scoring, but his 30 point per game co-star to uh, take some of that burden off of him. And I hope he plays in game six. And I said this last night, Matt, you know, the Clippers, they, uh, they just kept pouring it on at the end. They, you know, most times if teams are up that much in the last, you know, three minutes or so of the game, they'll, kind of call it off and, you know, just kind of run the clock out and everything. The Clippers, they just – they kept going at it. They were shooting three-pointers with, like, only five seconds coming off the shot clock and everything when they were up by, you know, 30, 40 points. Uh, and I, I think the Mavs are going to take that personally. And I, I definitely don't think the Clippers are going to have back-to-back games where they shoot 63% from the three-point line, 63% from the field. Uh, so I, I'm really, I'm really interested in how this game six will go because I think Luca he only played 30 minutes uh, in game five after playing 45 in game four. So I think he'll be a little bit more rested. We'll see if KP can play or not. If he does. I'm thinking this series is going to seven. What do you think? Uh, it depends how Paul George plays, honestly. Yeah. Well, um, to me, I'm just thinking law of averages here. I just I, – I would be – shot. now, I'm not saying it's not possible. I would just be shocked if the Clippers have that that high of a percentage shooting in, in game six. I would be absolutely shocked. Yeah, me too. But still, if Paul George is playing well, they're incredibly hard to beat. Yeah. Even if AP's playing, I mean, it. It's. It's difficult to say because I I feel like last you know after the last game, especially the way like you said they kept pouring it on, 
they were just, I, I felt like they were just trying to crush the Maverick spirit yeah. and, and into like, okay, this thing's really over. When, I don't, I mean, I don't think that they're going to approach it that way. I think they're fine. I think they know that they just played a bad game and the Clippers played an insane game and they're going to move on. But one of the reasons the Mavericks have been able to stay in the series is because Paul George hasn't been playing well. I mean, that's, that's played a huge role. I don't think anybody can deny that. Yeah. Um, so if he's playing well, then it's, I mean, they're a really hard team to beat. It's just a matter of, you know, he has a history of not playing well in the playoffs. Yeah. So, you know, one game does not a playoff series make. So he could very well come out next game and play like dump. And, you know, the Mavericks will be fine. But, I mean, when you have two stars, even if you have a deep team, if you have two stars that you've relied on all season and one of those stars comes out and doesn't play well, you know, that throws a huge wrench in your plans. And you have to, you know, try and figure out another way to do things. Yeah. Why the Mavericks always struggle is that same reason they always struggle with Luke or KP has one off game. You know, it, it's it, it's a big deal, and I, I I'm hoping obviously that he doesn't come out and, and play like he did in the last game. But I mean, he's Paul George, and he you know he finished third in the MVP voting last year, so he he has a you know he's he's got everything he needs. He, I just hope he didn't put it all together in that last game and that's what's going to be the um, the standard going forward because if they are then even if KP plays tomorrow night it could be a blowout well I think KP having these last two games off if he does play I think that's huge even if Paul George gets going uh having KP there having somebody that you know I know I know he hasn't been the greatest defensively here in the playoffs but having that that rim protection threat having that uh, inside-outside threat from a 7-3 guy that the Clippers have no matchup for, it makes a big difference. And, you know, the Mavs, even in game five, they got out to, a, you know, a pretty decent start. They were up by seven at one point early in that first quarter. And then it was just like, you know, Luca. you could just tell he was running on fumes from that last game. He was trying to force things, uh, you know, just, just didn't have the the help he needed to get through that. And so uh, the Clippers broke out and they won that first quarter after the Mavs went up seven. Uh, I think it was like a 32 to five run or something like that. It was, it was, it was ridiculous. But anyway, Clippers ended up winning first quarter 41 to 22. And there wasn't a quarter in that game that the Clippers didn't score at least 35 points. So <laughs> when, when that happens, you're going to lose a game. And then the Mavs also had 13 turnovers that were that the Clippers turned into 27 points. So that hurts too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, the series is not over yet. I mean, this, was, this is what made game four such a huge win. It gave the Mavs – you know, it, it made the series extend to six instead of five. So there's still at least one more game left in the season. And this is, I, you know, we tweeted this out from our pod account earlier. That this has been like a boxing match. Uh, you know, uh, each, each fighter has come back each round and just knocked the other one in the, in the face. And, uh, you know, it started with the Clippers and then Mavs win game two, Clippers win game three, Mavs game four, and then, the Clippers, they they had their biggest swing and 
almost knockout punch of the series in game five. So the Mavs, they're on the ropes, but, you know, it's not over yet. If they can, if they can find a way to push this to a game seven, then anything's possible, you know. All it takes is, you know, uh, having Luca hit a couple threes, uh, you know, maybe Maxi Kleba finally breaks out, which I'm <laughs> I'm losing hope. I'm trying to be hopeful for Maxi, Matt. But at this point, I'm just starting. He, he was two for four in this last game, but still, I'm just – He's wide open every time he shoots, so I'm I'm really needing like a six of eight from three game from him. (laughs) There's a reason he's wide open every time he shoots is because the (laughs) club since he's entered the bubble he's been doo doo from three. (laughs) Well, look if if the Mavs can push this to a seventh game. Maybe he'll, you know, sometimes in game seven, you have like these random hero, like obviously your stars get theirs, but, you know, you each team seems to have that one guy that, you know, comes out of nowhere with a, a positive contribution. Maybe that'll be when Maxie, you know, gets off the snide, so to speak. <laughs> I think for the Mavericks to, you know, send this to seven, it's going to take Maxi doing that. It's going to take, it's going to take a game like they had in Game Two, or like the Clippers had last night. For them, I think, assuming Paul George plays well again, for them to extend the series, and that's asking a lot. Um, I'm not. It's not possible because we've seen all season that this team is perfectly capable of shooting north of 50 percent from the field and like just draining threes all night so um, yeah and, and like I said like I said earlier too I mean I, I really do think they're going to take this person you don't you don't lose a game by 43 points and you know you're still alive in the series you don't take something like that lightly and that the Mavs they've already been one of the best teams in the league this season bouncing back from losses and they've done so this entire series. So, I mean, I, I really expect them to come out motivated and angry with a chip on their shoulder this next game. And I think they'll get off to a good start. They'll just have to find a way, you know, to maintain that for four quarters. Uh, because we've seen it before. They'll get out to a good start, uh, and they'll end up, you know, blowing a big lead throughout, you know, either the second or third quarter. So, we'll see. That's what I'm expecting a motivated Mavs team, a, a little bit more rested Luka in game six. And like I've said this entire series, you have Rick Carlisle and you have Luka Doncic on the floor. You're going to have a chance to win every night. It might not happen every night, but you're going to have a chance to win every night. So that's what we're thinking. Regardless, it's been a great season. And, I mean, like I said, this has been a – uh, controversy, controversy, and all. This has been a an extremely fun playoff series, and I've had fun doing these pods. I'm sure you have too, and especially the game four one. But I mean, it's just it's been a fun ride, and I hope it gets extended to at least you know Saturday. So we will see. <clears throat> Any other words before we take off here? Uh, I'm just you know. I'm ready for the game. I know it's not till tomorrow, but um, I, uh, I'm ready for, for, for it to happen one way or the other. I'm prepared for if they lose. 
I'm prepared for if they win. Um, I've just I haven't looked. I've lo- I've been looking. I look forward to this game a lot. Um, I think because of the way the last one ended and what Marcus Morris did, and yeah, I'm anxious to see how Luca Luca responds in particular. Um, I think he's going to be on a mission. I think it's going to be an exciting game to watch. They might not win. I, I still I still think they'll have to play their best game to win. But I just it's going to be really. I'm excited. Yeah, I think it's going to be a highly competitive game. And like I said, I think the Mavs will get off to a really good start. It'll just be a matter of if they can maintain that for four quarters. But, uh, guys, if you're still feeling down about that game, go rewatch the ending of the the game four. (laughs) Because I promise you, no matter how bad game five was, you can go back and watch those game four clips. And it'll it'll still put a smile on your face because that was just – that was amazing. That was the moment of the NBA playoffs so far this year. But, guys, we appreciate it. That's going to do it for another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe on all your favorite platforms. Uh, tell your friends about us. Tell your family about us. If you like Dallas Mavericks uh, basketball talk, get everybody you know to come tune into us. And we really enjoyed doing these uh, game recap pods for you. And we're going to – keep doing them for you going forward so we will see you sometime after game six hopefully it's not a season recap pod uh and hopefully we can have a game seven on saturday but y'all have a good rest of the week we'll see ya take a step back reminiscing about the old days when i hooped outside with my friends and drunk that oj crossover doing step backs in a pair of jays these days i'm about my chips like a bag of lays I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same How you real when you say your soul for the fame Do anything for a dollar I'ma stay patient cause I know God promised me a lot Looked up the Dirk and MJ instead of blue collar Excited at the idea of being a true baller Riding in the bins of copper and pile Feeling like I made it, now they trying to holler This how we thinking life's supposed to be Media keeping all my friends close to me Feeding me all the lies and propaganda in my eyes. I've been here forever, they thinking that I just arrived. Now step back and go on more of a letter. I treat this rap game like it's target practice. No lie. And I ain't even got an aim in my seeing headshots just for saying my name. Now I'm 18, they say I'm acting different. Label come my phone Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.